welcome to episode four, season one of the Ex- Exit Interview. Um, I'm Asia Lyons. I'm here with my co-host, Kevin Adams. How y'all doing? And today we have Shalila Dillard sharing her story. But before we start, a little intro. Don't forget to follow us um, at Two Dope Teachers on Instagram and Twitter. And you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Two Dope Teachers in a Mic. Our email address is Two Dope Teachers at Gmail. You can listen to us on Apple and Spotify podcast or at mrmunoz.org. By the way, please make sure that you um, give us five-star ratings and reviews. It really does help others to find our content. Finally, if you want to support us financially, because podcasting isn't free, y'all, head over to patreon.com slash two dope teachers, where you can become a patron for just $5 a month. The next five $15 patrons will receive a copy of Cornelius Miner's incredible book, We Got This. That's it. Let's get started. All right. Um, Shalita, so glad you're here with us to share your story on the exit interview. Um, I feel like we've been like planning this out for a couple weeks now, so it's good to have you on the podcast. And as always, we just want you to share your story, and we're here just to listen. And just starting off, like, what was the point where you decided that it was time to leave the classroom? And if that was something that built up or there was one particular incident, tell us all about it. Okay, yeah, thank you so much for allowing me to share my story. And um, thank you for even having this podcast because this is so powerful. Uh, I would say that it really was a, um, it was like, hmm. I had a vision of creating a nonprofit when I was 19. I remember coming home from college my summer, like a summer, um, like during the summer. And I like, my brother was in college as well. And he had this like anthropology book. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this would be so cool. I was just like uh, reading the anthropology book and was like, man, it would be amazing if there was like, something for kids like me um, where we just struggled a lot and didn't have a lot of support and but I didn't really quite know what it was going to be about Um, so then uh, my major I went to Hampton University uh, that honestly um, really impacted my life significantly because I there I learned like my history and who I was and and like I had some extremely extensive identity um, analysis going on. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Being from Denver. Yes. Not, yeah. Hampton. <laughs> that was real. Tell our audience, yeah. where is Hampton University? So Hampton University is a HBCU, a historically black college or in university, or it's a historically black university. Yep. And it's in Hampton, Virginia, which is like the Hampton Roads, um, yes. like 30 minutes from Virginia Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it's on the East Coast. So there's that. Uh, there's definitely a lot more black people there. And mm-hmm. it's a lot more diverse black people there. <laughs> definitely, definitely. My cousin, my cousin graduated from Hampton. And I remember going I got to stay in his frat house. I was probably like uh, maybe 15 one yeah. night. And I was like, oh, wow, wow, this is this is it. I can't, I, I'm like, I gotta get to college. Unfortunately, I didn't make it to an HBCU, but I know, I know Hampton well. Yeah, it it is, you won't want to leave, I'll tell you that much. Um, 
you you find your people. I, I, I just had a really hard time. And this gets into like why I left uh, education. But I really had a hard time um, finding Black people that were like me that didn't uh, subscribe to like the mainstream definition of what a Black person is. Yep. So like slang, gang, fighting, um, you know, <laughs> like all, all the unfortunate negative stereotypes that we have. Yes, yes. Um, I, I just, I'm like an introvert and I just, I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. I don't know. It just wasn't me. Um, and so when I went to Hampton, I had the opportunity to be um, just, just like inspired by so many different types of black people from yeah. all over the world. So yeah. like from Panama, from Africa, from uh England from like you name it there were black people from literally everywhere and it was just so beautiful um and I really got to like not only was I academically um enriched but I was culturally enriched too to see that man it it wasn't just me Denver's tripping Mm-hmm. 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 Um, and because uh, because if you didn't subscribe to that mainstream for for us for black yes. people if yes. you did not subscribe to that yes and you were made fun of like i was bullied made fun of and all that it, 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 and and Shalia, uh what 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 uh years are we talking about oh so i graduated high school in 2003 um okay. yeah right. so yep, you yep. know yeah not I feel like there's a the different 90s. I feel like today there's a little different wave going where it's a little more acceptable in the black community to be a little more um you know eccentric or a little you know yeah more different but I but I can relate in a lot of ways to what you are describing I can relate yeah Same. Uh, the, str- the struggle's real so <laughs> going to Hampton I was like I, I found my people like I yes. found I found my people um, and so I studied psychology and, um, but I wanted to be like a social psych- psychologist. So I already was really interested in, in people and how they navigated the world and how, you know, it influenced um, society. Like that was like really a, a huge thing for me. And so um, anyway, I, I did like, it was my junior year summer. I was like, I'm not going back home. <laughs> I'm going to stay here. Um, And so I went in, was a dorm director for Upward Bound. And I was able to like impact and and just actually the students were able to impact me, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were eighth graders. And I was like, I had never once thought to be a teacher, did not, it it did not even cross my mind, but running into our babies, like during the upper bound, my upper bound experience um, was like so influential to me. And I was like, well, I can't switch majors now. So (laughs) let me, uh, you know, look into alternative certification programs, which were fairly new, um, you know, in 2006 and 2007. And so I uh, searched for them and uh, Austin, Texas had a really good one, Texas Teaching Fellows. And so I got my alternative certification there and went um, two weeks after graduating in Hampton, 
moved to Texas, did not really know barely anyone and um, began my teaching career. And um, I actually, it's really interesting because, because of my Hampton experience, I specifically chose environments that were people of color. Like I sure. wasn't working no, you know, a school that had like a large uh, population of white students. Um, and, and my my circle of people were all people of color. So I was really fortunate that I really was never in an environment that was on, like, I was one of the only black teachers. Um, and so anyway, I taught there for uh, how many years, seven years. Uh, four years in preschool. And I don't know if you all know this, but, you know, teaching in early childhood, you'll see more um, teachers of color that yes. are there, you know, especially female teachers of color. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, you know, found my tribe there as, as well. And, um, but went on to teach middle school and went went to a school that had a uh, Latino principal, uh, a black female vice principal. Uh -huh. uh, my, uh, what's it called? My um, instructional coach was actually from, he, he went to Hampton as well. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I had a great experience my first year teaching middle school. And so, um, my teaching experience in Texas was beautiful. Um, yes. That's what I'll, I'll just end with. I, I had a great time there. Um, I actually, uh, my husband's from Denver too. So we, I, I got pregnant and we wanted to uh, raise our son here. Um, and so we were like, let's go back to Denver. I think that will be good there. <sighs> and then we did and we're here. Yes. But, <laughs> yes. Um, yes. <laughs> But I will say that the school that I was hired at, which 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 is Dr. Martin Luther King Early Junior College, yes. um, Dr. Grayson was my principal. Yes. She yes. was shout so yes, yeah, shout out to her because amazing um, stuff. She yeah okay. I was set to have my son in early August, and I was like, what am I gonna do? Because I gotta teach in like late August, so this brilliant woman put yep. all of my PDs together or, or uh, my uh, my uh, planning periods together my prep yes. periods together yes. Yes. with my lunch and I was able to go and like uh, breastfeed my son and spend some quality time with him in the middle of the day yes she was like you gotta be with your child so yes oh wow wow can we just pause for a second and say like that That's is big. phenomenal yeah how like I've mm -hmm. never, I've never even heard of anything like that. That's awesome. That's dope. That's dope. So yeah. your son was, was at like, the school? Because I don't know much about the school. He was there or close to there? No, he was close to there. So my brother happened to have a, um, he had bought a house. five minutes away you know during the day and they're like absolutely so 
um, it was such a blessing for me to be able to do that. But I realize now talking to a lot of mothers that that, that was very rare. So I applaud Miss um, Grayson for doing that because that, that just doesn't happen. And um, she really was, when I tell you she was there for her teachers of color, she like, she is not playing games. Um, and so uh, funny thing happened at DPS. So <laughs> I, <laughs> so I, um, you know, coming from Texas, I had my Texas certification. Yes. And so when I interviewed with them, I went through all the process and talked to HR and all those things. And like, yeah, you're good to go. You just need to pass the Denver, uh, like Denver's uh, teacher certification uh, within the year. I'm like, okay, perfect. Uh, December happens and um, I am, I get a letter in the mail saying you can't come back to the school uh, because you have not passed your test yet. And um, until you pass your test, you can't come back. So I've heard that that before, but keep going, keep going. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that happened. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do? I still have pregnant brain because, and I literally took that test like three times and for the life of me could not pass it. But Miss Grayson was like, you know what? Um, that's okay. We'll just uh, bring you on as like a long-term sub and it'd be like the same, kind of the same amount like that you were making. And I was like, okay, I could do that. Um, and I came back, I think that's what happened. Yeah. Um, so I came back as an eighth grade science teacher instead of a sixth grade science teacher um, and finished out honestly the year um, and so my time was good there, but, um, then the month, uh, something, I don't know, something happened with the money. Cause it was like an innovation school or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and so I wasn't able to get that long-term sub funding anymore. And I got, uh, short-term sub funding, which was $900 a month. And who can, (laughs) yeah, who can provide for a family like that? Not my family. And so I was like, well, I got to find something else because, you know, I have this brand new baby. Um, Yeah, my husband was working and all that, but um, that's just not how I roll. So I um, went on, actually, that's that's really the reason why, because DPS, they said something and well, it was completely different, but I didn't give up on teaching just yet. I went and taught at a private school um, here in Denver, mm-hmm. and it's actually like a all black private school, uh, Christian private school. It had like 50 students there. Yes. And uh, huh. Oh, I was just saying, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I taught uh, fifth grade and sixth grade, all subjects. And that was the the straw that broke the camel's back to me because uh, we had to go by a specific, we had to go by a Becca curriculum, which was super specific. Mm-hmm. And you had to, you couldn't deviate from there at all. And you, I was like up hours upon hours at night 
like getting my lesson plans and, and all that done and grading. And I was like, I don't have time for my family. So I went to the yeah. principal and, you know, was like, hey, like this is, you know, cause she was like, I'm concerned because I don't see like some of your grades in. And I'm like, yeah, cause I'm literally struggling here. Like, how did you do it? Do you have any recommendations for me? Because I still need to spend time with my family. And she's like, uh, okay. She said in so many words that this was the sacrifice that you needed to, to have, like, that your time with your family was going to be limited and that was to be expected and i'm like not not my babies not my husband yeah (laughs) um and something in me realized helped me realize that dream that i had when i was 19 and i was like you know what (sighs) because grading is for the birds and (laughs) he's high Yeah, it's true. Say that again. Yeah, it's it's like you got to do what the 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 school tells you what to do, and if you try to deviate from there because your passion is really in inspiring students, yes, yes, um, and that's not heard or seen by the ad admin, then it's just like not worth it, and I'd rather not be in education anymore if that's the case. If I have to sacrifice impacting the students, stopping curriculum to talk about really serious things that they're going, that's going on in their lives. And I can't do that because I have to stick by a strict schedule. Um, no thanks. Uh, I'll, I'll hang it up. And really, ultimately, that's what happened. Um, I was like, you know what, I think that I want to start my own nonprofit, like how I envisioned when I was 19. And I can inspire and uplift students just like how I am in my classroom um, every day that I'm in there, but have a deeper impact. So that was kind of my journey, really. How did the the principal, when you kind of made the decision, was this like the first year, first semester? What what was the principal after you made this decision? Did you go to her or him and say, like, this is what I'm deciding to do? How did that go? I'm glad you asked that because there was some uh, major controversy because I didn't go to her the way that she wanted me to go to her. And so you you didn't you didn't resign the way you didn't make the announcement the way I wanted it to be. mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. So I I didn't know that I was going to leave yet. I it was like in my head. I was like, I'm not sure. So I was talking to one of the teachers about it. Now, mind you, there's only five teachers in the school. So there's that. Um, I was like, yeah, I don't know. This might be my last year here. Cause you know, it, in March, April, you start making your decisions. So it was around that time. And I was like, ah, I'm not sure. And um, so he went back and told her. So there, yeah. <laughs> and then she started to like be a, she started treating me very differently. Let's just say that. Um, I went to my friend's wedding. Uh, actually, I was supposed to go to my friend's wedding in, in May. And I put in like two, two weeks prior, like I usually did all the time. Sometimes I would even put it in like a couple of days before. Yeah, and yeah. she would say, yeah, yes. So I didn't even think anything of it. I put it in two weeks before. Okay. Keep that in mind. So I'm not hearing anything back. I'm like, this is weird. I usually like, she usually, you know, puts it in my mailbox to say approved. So I go to her and she's like, 
yeah, no, you're not approved. I'm like, why? She's like, because um, this is like the end of the school year. You shouldn't be traveling like that. I'm like, uh, okay, but I already <laughs> bought my plane ticket. <laughs> wait, wait, you, this is the end of the school. You shouldn't be traveling like that. Like, like, yeah. Oh, We're I'm making sorry. Up rules. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So wow. then she proceeds to say, I'll put it like this. You you take that trip for all the days that you want and that this would be your last day here. That's what she said to me. <laughs> wow. Wow. And so before this, I want to hear the rest of the story, but before that, this, okay. she was a, the, the relationship was okay until she found out. Okay. It, it's, it's layers upon this because my... My son went to the school, my, my nieces went to the school and I, you know, was a teacher at the school. And so I always felt like she had like extremely high expectations for me to be perfect. Yeah. Um, because, and, and my son had to be perfect and my nieces had to be perfect and, you know, we're all human beings and yes. that just wasn't going to happen. And so I, I kind of already felt like she felt some type of way about me, but she still was very loving. So I was like, okay. But once she found out that I wasn't coming back, then it was yes. like, you know, now, you know, now that, and I had an exit interview with her and she literally said like, yeah, well, the reason why I did that was because I was hurt because you didn't tell me that you weren't coming back. And um, I had another situation happen where my son, so I told you my son was in the classroom uh, my, there, there are either two kids, there's two types of kids that you have their, their, your, your mother or your father as a teacher. There's a kid that will listen and do everything that you're supposed to. And then there's a the kid that is like, I'm my own person. And I'm a still, I'm a still act out as much as I can without her seeing. That's right. Uh, that's right. <laughs> and, no, and that's so right. my, yeah, so my son was the latter and um, he was accused of like hitting someone and they were like saying that I was allowing for that to happen mm. in class. And so and so the person in the school was like, told my students, you should tell your parents about this because this is not right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then there's that. And then, um, you know, I so I had a confrontation with that person like, look, this is not okay, like if you if you feel like something, first of all, I would never let that happen. Second, I'm harder on my son in class and all the students know Yes, because he's my son and I expect more from him. Mm -hmm. Second, um, I, uh, if you have a problem with anything that I'm doing in my classroom, you need to come to me first. You don't yes. go behind my back and tell the uh, parents to say something. Like what is wrong? Um, so, it was that situation and then her basically saying I was going to be fired if I didn't. So I had to cut my trip short when I went uh, to my friend's wedding and come back. Literally the day that I uh, came back to Denver on the plane, I had, I made sure that I packed uh, like, you know, professional clothes to go back and teach. And I was like a couple of hours late, but I made it that same day <laughs> uh, so that I wouldn't wow. lose my, honestly, I, I didn't want to hurt the students. Yeah. Because I would have just been like, all right, peace. But yeah. I loved those students. Yes. So you're, the principal at this school was a Black woman? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
right? No one yeah. is exempt, right? It feeds no your own kind. Exempt. Yeah, well, it does. It, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so that was like my last teaching as a uh, as a professional teacher. That was my last experience, and I was like, yeah, that was a confirmation for me. Like, no, Shalila, this is not how. Like, you don't have to put up with stuff like this to impact your students. You don't. Can we like back up just a second? I, 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 this is part of sticking in my mind when you had the exit interview with her and she was like, yeah, I did that. But it's because you hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, like, what were you thinking at that point when she said that to you? Uh, that's not professional. That is <laughs> very high school-like. And I, in high school, I didn't even play the high school game. So I don't have experience with that. So when people come at me with playing those high, high school games, I'm just like, sorry, have no experience. So I can't, I can't play at that level. Um, so I was like a, a bit taken away uh, that she would say something like that. And then, um, you know, I, I just, yeah, that, like I said, that was confirmation for me that I didn't need to be at that school anymore. And I honestly didn't need to be a teacher anymore. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's situations like that where you're like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Especially to go from having such an amazing principal administrator, right? And having that great, well, first being in Texas, having that great experience, then being at this other school and having this fantastic experience and being feeling supported. And then to come here with another Black woman and then having something totally different on top of all the things that were happening, this idea of perfection. With your, mm-hmm. with your family being there and you being like all this was that seemed like a bit much it was and I couldn't do it um because I was just always going to fall short of her expectations and when you're in a workplace where you know that you're going to fall short of the expectations whether you're a teacher or not you just like you will not thrive you will not grow and you will not be the best person that you can possibly be, which will harm your students at the end of the day. So um, yeah, that that's for me, I was like, I'm just gonna go and do my, create my own nonprofit because I had this vision. It, it had been like simmering in my mind um, ever since being at MLK, but I, did, I didn't, I wasn't confident at all, so. Mm. So when we get back from break, I would love to talk about like when you were going through this with your, with this with last school, how your family was supporting you and things like that, what your husband was saying, you know, family and friends, and what you're doing now, because it sounds like the nonprofit is happening because you're in it right now. So we'd love to hear about that after our break. Okay, sounds good. We are deeply grateful for all your support these last few years. Your engagement on social media, your downloads, and your enthusiasm have kept us going since we started this Too Dope adventure nearly five years ago. Right, Kev? Yes. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for your ongoing support of the content that remixes the conversation about race, power, and education. We have big hopes and dreams that you have inspired And with your support, those dreams begin to take shape in reality. 
In the coming weeks, you will learn about projects that we can now go forward with because you stepped up. Yeah, we're so happy. Of course, we still have numerous projects filed away that are awaiting your support. You can support these projects by visiting patreon.com slash two dope teachers. Patrons who join at the two dope level get a two dope nation sticker. And what's better than stickers? Um, it's designed by local uh, artist Sham. And for a limited time, limited time, the next five two dope patrons will get a copy of Cornelius Miner's book, We Got This. What? What a deal. Hey. That is, and it's signed. And That's it's signed. right, and it's signed. <laughs> Patrons will enjoy special access to us in the form of Ask Me Anything threads, throwback old episodes, occasional Zoom meetings, and sneak previews to upcoming work and public appearances. Our upcoming podcast series, The Exit Interview, featuring the brilliant Asia Lions, which highlights the stories of black teachers who were forced out of teaching is only possible because of our patrons. All right, and I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be so dope. So we asked and you responded. We look forward to growing and learning with you. Let's remix this conversation on race, power, and education. Welcome back, folks. We are here with the next part of our interview with Shalila, Shalila Dillard. Um, Shalila, let's, uh, so you, before you were talking about like that breaking point, um, but again, um, you know, going through all of this, you know, and I think what we, we think about is these decisions uh, for black teachers to leave, you know, first to go into right. education, given our experiences and our, and I find that um, you mentioned something that I think a lot of black teachers go into being teachers thinking about that I don't know if white teachers always go in and that's to help and serve uh, black kids or kids of color, you know, to meet mm -hmm. those needs specifically, you know? So um, just thinking about all of your experiences, um, you know, and, and like, I think part of our goal is to help people understand what are the things that push people out. And it sounds like, you know, at DMLK, you had a great experience, right? You had yes. all the pieces in Austin. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you had those pieces, you know, and um, I, what, what, what would you have liked to have seen change that might've made you say, I'm willing to stay and, and do this and be able to implement your passion for education in a way that you've described that you went into it for. Uh, for the system to not be what it is. <laughs> Close the show up, folks. We're done. That's it. That's it. That's it. And that's the end of the interview, folks. <laughs> change the system. Yes, change the system. You know, it's so much uh, emphasis put on standardized testing. Yes. And, you know, expectations of, of grades, 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 grades. And it's like, okay, but is the student being impacted? Because yes. there's, I mean, there's research to freaking show that if you are able to impact the student um, through, uh, you know, teacher, student, positive student teacher relationships, that that student will be uh, more successful academically. There's several studies that show that. And so 
I, I just feel like there is a um, emphasis put on so much of the, you know, uh, those structural system stuff that really mm. is not like our kids are not here for all that. They, say they that don't again. say that again, because I don't think people kids, hear that. They're not here for it. And, you know, I, I talked to my actually my son is a ninth grader right now. And he's yeah. like, I, I can't we have to bring him back to school. Um, He was completely remote and we brought him back because he's like I can't learn unless I have relationships with my teachers and it's really hard to do that you know when you're remote but also really hard to do that when you don't know the experiences of your students and all those things and so I would change all of that I mean there's a lot of research that shows that uh, the way that we're doing the grading system which has been the same since the beginning of education is not even ideal and it doesn't even work so there's that too <laughs> i mean that's the real that that's a real one i think there is this emphasis on grades and 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 this idea that every student is proficient at these same times throughout their lives and that you mm-hmm. don't have time to grow you know and i could speak for myself i was a student that like you said i was there for to be social i was about relationships and i was coming mm-hmm. and the teachers that i loved i wasn't getting good grades in their class but they showed up and they, they, they recognized me. They talked to me. They were into the stuff, acknowledged my interest, you know, and tried to make yeah. connections for me. And so I feel like you, that's that, like when you say the system, I got exactly what you meant. The whole yes. system. And that's what I find myself thinking about is like, are we really like, we have these conversations and in our school right now, we have a lot of conversations about on track to graduate for our seniors. And I'm like, are we really looking at the right parts of this? And why are the kids failing, right, at high mm-hmm. numbers? And I always think of this idea, I'm like, we, the kid has six Fs. So, so clearly more Fs aren't going to really, like, get right. it. got all the Fs. Right. I did it. Right. I got them all. Right. <laughs> we don't try to do anything different. We don't just keep doing the same stuff. Keep Give blaming the test. kid. Keep blaming the kid. Keep blaming the parents and the families. Right. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a whole nother thing. I, I mean, I, I talk a lot about um, like in all of my stuff that I do for my program and even like talking on panels and things like that. I always say people of color are communal. We need connections with our community. If we yep. don't feel connections with our community, then we feel we, we're not our whole selves and we're not going to show up as our whole selves. That's right. So if you don't include that in education and there's not a space for that, a big space for that in education, then our kids are always going to be um, left out of this, the, the conversation. That That's just my beliefs. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, when I, when I think about like, um, what would have allowed me to stay in education? It's definitely that. Uh, Although I am still an educator, just in yes, my own yes, way, yes, you know. Yes. Yes. So. Yes. Um, there was going to be something else that I wanted to say, but I think it'll come up as I am talking later. So. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. We always ask the question about like family, friends, and community, right? It was a perfect yeah. transition. Yeah. You were going through all these things, thinking about leaving in that last year. Um, how was how were you supported or not supported when you started having those conversations out loud of like I think it's time for me to go? So let me tell you, uh, last year of teaching, I was having I had my mom, my husband, 
Um, my mom and my husband helped me grading for hours at a time. So they were, they were now teachers for free <laughs> in my house. Yes. I would come home like exhausted, literally would have my dinner, like dang near head in my dinner plate, you know, just tired. And, and it wasn't just like my body was tired. My soul was just like evaporated mm. at that point. It, it, there was just no water at whatsoever. Yep. Um, and he, my husband was just like, look, babe, you cannot do this. You can't keep on doing this. So it was actually his support and, you know, love that allowed me to see like, this was not normal. And I thought this was normal because then you get into like what the society's expectations of teachers are like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, long hours. Yep. That's yep, the, yep, yep. that's the name of the game. Yep. You have to um, be a martyr. <laughs> yeah you gotta be a martyr and my husband was like uh not on my watch uh not my wife and you know he he saw um the amount of of suffering i'm gonna say suffering yes <laughs> especially yes. that mm-hmm. last year because there was times where i was like f these grades i ain't doing them and mm-hmm. then i was like okay okay and then the last minute i would do the grades and i'm like <laughs> i'm, I'm still a couple so of pages exhausting. I'm throwing a couple sets of papers in the fireplace. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Like, these are fifth graders. One day I'll be able to tell y'all where the bodies are hidden. I I have a very deep process that I, after 15 years, I have perfected. I've heard from veteran teachers that have given me strategies of how to get around it. My yeah. favorite is from one of our colleagues from Japan, who I think he told us that you, you, you pull out one of the papers from the stack. You grade that one. That's everybody's grade. No. I think you still use the practice. Oh, I heard no. that. Good one. I'm like, oh, you gotta find God. a way. I gotta find a way. Oh, but it was so at my last school, you had to turn every single paper back to the students. Good so one. Uh, that that's one. the worst. And so, what do the students do? <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me go through the. What do the students do when you give them back those papers? They are supposed <laughs> to use them to study the quizzes and tests. <laughs> yeah this was fifth and sixth grade too you said this was right? fifth and sixth yeah but yeah, I, so you I, know what one i won't throw the the one part of the shade that i won't throw is yes, that yes. those students at that school when yes. i tell you she had super high expectations for yes, them yes yes um i mean the bar was super extremely high uh so much to the point to where they the way that i had them doing notes which was not a part of the curriculum, by the way, I am, I put that in there, but um, the way that I had them doing notes, the, the, the rigor that they, those students experienced, and these yes. are kids on the east side of Denver, yes. you know, yes. um, they could literally take those skills and go to college and succeed. So yes, that's one thing about that. Um, but seeing every, every single paper, like, look, that, that's, you, <laughs> that's, that's a bit much. Um, so <laughs> I, yeah. So my husband and my uh, mom were helping me grade and they, yeah, he, my husband was just like, Joe, um, he was like, yeah, nah, um, you, you know, I, I've heard all these things that you want to do. Like, why don't you do those things? And I was just like, are you sure? Because I like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Like I'm going to do it full time. Yep. I, I don't have the, like my, 
um, desires to start this nonprofit are it's not part time desires. It's full time. Like my whole heart and soul is into into this. And he was like, please. Like actually, I'll tell you what he said. He said, if you don't go and follow your dreams i'm gonna divorce you that's what he said Whoa. <laughs> oh, he put it like that he was tired of grading papers you guys <laughs> like i'm done we got we got yeah, done we done no. <laughs> i feel yeah, like my so, wife is gonna get that way like one day she's like i'm tired of hearing it no you gotta just quit because she's always like just don't go in don't do it i'm like i got to he would know? say that same thing like how many hours you got this house don't go in <laughs> I'm like, she got to know there's five teachers in the, in the school. <laughs> you would notice. Yeah, she noticed. I'm right by the office. Anyway, yeah. So I I was extremely blessed to have, you know, him be there and be like, I will pick up as many jobs as I need to. Um, we will make this work. Uh, you go and follow your dreams. And I, I did. And I haven't looked back. Mm. So... Yeah, I'm thankful for him. Well, let's hear about that dream that you, because like this is this is my favorite part of the podcast I've, I've found. It's the dream. Like I, I should yeah. do the possibility of what could be, yeah. right? Because everybody's yeah. doing something amazing. So tell us a little bit about um, your nonprofit and, and what you're doing now. Well, I want to, before I talk about my nonprofit, I kind of want to, tell you all why it took me so long um I I literally still have my book that I wrote my dream at when I was 19 I still have it yes so it was always there but I wasn't confident enough to go after those dreams because I was complacent with a salary of teachers I was complacent with um you know honestly getting them breaks in the summer (laughs) Christmas (laughs) spring (laughs) with with my kids you know yes yes and then I I didn't think that I could do it like um, imposter syndrome was real and I think that every teacher that exits education goes through that imposter syndrome um, at some capacity whether it's really high or really low and mine was really high so I feel like that's why it took me a while because remember after MLK I um Actually, I stayed home for with my baby for like eight months. Yes, and was like, I don't know what to do. Like, so I had a, a a moment where I was like between jobs and was like, I don't know what to do. Um, maybe I can go and like use my psychology degree and go back to uh, like those roots, or yep. maybe yep. I could like I was a family engagement um, like specialist for like a couple of months uh, for like a Head Start uh, in between that time. And, and so none of that like really ignited the fire within me Mm -hmm. until Mm -hmm. I found that book and I saw that dream and Mm -hmm. I could literally visualize it. It was wild. I could literally visualize me speaking in front of people with like a really nice professional dress on. (laughs) Like I, I knew exactly how I looked. And I like literally dreamed about it for, for months. And, um, you know, with, like I said, the stuff happening at, at my school, uh, my husband being like, look, I can't grade these papers. Or like, 
the, the things happening, that the dream is really what reminded me like where I needed to be. So um, it was in August. Actually, I sat down. Okay, I sat down, had paper in front of me and wrote for hours what my dream of my program would look like. Yes. I even broke out the dang calculator, you know, brought back my math teacher uh, situations. Yes. And was like, mm -hmm. okay, how much is it gonna cost for this? How much is it gonna cost for that? How much are field trips, all these things. And my mom um, would say the, you were in the serious head works. Yeah, I, I was in the, the weeds of, of my dreams and it was, it. it was so, it was so great. And I was like, yeah, no turning back now. So the next day, um, actually, no, I told my husband, I was like, Hey, I know that, uh, I just quit my job, but I, I need, I need money for this, uh, 501c3. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, yeah. Um, so this is what this man did. He took out some of his 401k so that I can get the money for me to have my 501c3 and, um, awesome. talk about, <sighs> I, I need to rewind because this was my best friend in the eighth grade. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Dang. So like, he's not just my husband, he's my best friend and yeah. like my, like, yeah, he's just so great. And um, so when he did that, I was like, yep, I applied for my 501c3 articles of incorporation, all those things. And um, was like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to do this. Uh, so my nonprofit, my dream that became alive and that I like when people say that if you if you find what you want and I'm horrible at saying so bear with me here. But yes. when you find what you want to do, you're, you won't work another day in your life. Yes. Like that is real. Yes. Um, this is like great. I I feel fulfilled every day. Um, and so my nonprofit is um, honestly a dedication to baby Shalila. That's what's up. Little, uh, little middle school and high school, Shalila. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, and it is a nonprofit, a school-based in-school nonprofit. And our mission is to recruit and support students of color in gifted education or advanced coursework. So that includes gifted and talented programming, um, honors courses, uh, advanced placement, um, IB, concurrent mm -hmm. enrollment, dual enrollment, all those like high level courses. Yes, and yes. honestly, I, I was in, um, I was identified as gifted and talented in the first grade, went all the way through uh, GT yep. programming, um, high school, I was in honors courses, AP, I did concurrent enrollment and I was the only black female in my in high school courses. Sure. I believe that. Sure. And yeah, me when too. I tell you I had, yeah, I had like, I had identity situations anyway, because, you know, um, in Denver, I guess, I, I think Denver had a, I, this is my hypothesis anyway, I believe that Denver had a real struggle with colorism. And yep. um, I, as I was growing up, I got the, the, you know, bad end of the stick of that. And so I was made fun of. I was called a little white girl. Mm -hmm. um, I, I remember, I'll never forget. I was in preschool. I went up to this beautiful girl and was like, hey, can you be my friend? You know, yeah. so cute. Yep. And she was like, my mom told me not to hang out with white people. And I was like, 
I'm not white. I had on a white shirt. I was like, this is white. I'm not white. I'm black. Yep. 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 <laughs> and she wasn't having it. She was like, nah, not with that color hair and that color <laughs> skin. Mm-hmm. And um, I honestly, and I was quiet. And so what yep. is one of the stereotypes of a light skin girl? Yep. Oh, she stuck up. Yeah, she has an um, attitude problem. She got an attitude problem. I was an introvert and I, I had confidence problems my whole life. And so it, it was the complete opposite of that. I was just trying to navigate my world and I was a gifted student. And so yep. I, I had a lot, a lot of things going on. And so for me, um, it, I did not know my identity until I went to Hampton, which mm-hmm. this is a full circle. Um, I realized how beautiful my culture was and how amazing it was. And so part of my program is teaching our students ethnic history. Um, So, so black African, indigenous, Pacific Islander and Latinx um, history. And I put an emphasis on African history because you're going to learn about civil rights and Rosa Parks all day, but you're not going to learn about you know, all the monumental contributions that we gave the entire world that, you know, and we are a, a people of community and we, we allow them to take it from us. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, like I have extensive like lessons in curriculum that goes deep into, deep into this. Um, and, you know, it also incorporates in like Afro-Latino history because, you know, we don't tell people that 95% percent of the slave ships went to South right. Central America and the Caribbean. We we are like, man, I tell you, we are only 5% of the situation here. And we feel like we're 100% of the situation, you know? Sure, sure. And, and so um, with that ethnic history, I teach critical thinking skills in order to prepare them for those advanced, uh, advanced courses. And gifted and talented, you you can you take a test. That's a requirement. But there's also a part of it called the body of evidence. And yes. within that body of evidence, you have like, um, if you've won awards or championships for like sports, and you're like number two in the nation or number two in state, um, that is part of a body of evidence for gifted and talented. Um, uh, like speaking engagements or cultural um, like appreciation dances and things like that within your community. That could be part of your body of evidence. They don't teach you any of this in teacher training. Um, and so I go and I help, like there's two parts of my program. There's the ethnic history, critical thinking skills uh, program, which I'll get back to in a little bit. And then there's the other part, which is educational consulting um, where I go in and help teachers and, and schools realize a lot of what I'm saying right here. And uh, we dig into like e- equity audits and um, equity consulting and um, gifted and talented program development uh, to be more culturally inclusive and um, making sure that the curriculum uh, is uh similar to the students that represent in the school. And even if not, they still need to learn about other, other cultures because that makes you a, a well-rounded individual mm-hmm. and it gives you multiple perspectives instead of just one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so there's that. The And then back to the school programming, we also have a college student of color mentor program, which is really cool. And we've partnered with uh, Metro State University 
uh, here in Denver, their Africana studies and their Chicano studies departments um, to try to recruit more uh, mentors to come in and help our students. And really they are there to like, okay, this, these are my experiences as an actual college student in college. Please listen to me right now. Because you know, when adults speak to kids, they don't listen. <laughs> and, yeah. and so near peers, they listen to, you know, and, and so the students are like, my mentors are coming in once or twice a week and encouraging our students, um, talking about like, their experiences in college and we even do like a mock college day where we like uh present like a lecture to the students and they have to take notes they have to study those notes and and things like that actual tangible real college readiness skills not the you know advertised watered down college readiness skills that every school says that they do um that are really not going to help our kids at the end of the day um and so can you give us some examples of like some of those real college skills because i think this is important Mm -hmm. yes how to take notes from a lecture how to study those notes how to take notes from a textbook whether it's a physical textbook or a digital textbook how to make no cards from those, yes. how to um, navigate your identity. That's huge. No one talks about that. No, no mm-hmm. one talks about mm-hmm. the transition from high school to college, that identity, you know, um, crisis that happens there where you're like a, a, a little baby. And then now you're a grown adult and got to like pay your bills and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, not very many people talk about that financial literacy skills we actually partner with canvas credit union and they come in for free and teach our students about financial literacy awesome. um oh. those yeah and when i talk to my college mentors they're like my number one um stress right now is finances that's right oh so, that's right <laughs> and then i could worry about uh you know my my courses and what I need to do there, but I'm really struggling with my finances right now. Should I get a credit card? Should I, um, you know, get a, a secure credit card? What should I do? I'm having to pay my rent. How do I budget? All types of things. We also go over in, in our program. And I asked the students at the beginning of the program, um, because it's usually like an elective class during the day for uh, my program is, and so we asked them like, hey, what, um, what do you wanna learn in this program? This is what we provide, ethnic history. You have uh, critical thinking skills. You have your mentors of color. We have leadership development, but what do you wanna learn? And nine times out of 10, it has everything to do with finances. Sure. And being ready for college. They're, they're, fr- they're afraid. They don't know what's on the other side. Yeah, it's always this conversation of when we become when in the real world, uh, yep. you're gonna have to pay the bills when you get to the real world. And it's like, well, teach me about the real world now instead of trying to punish me by like giving me this vague blanket statement about the real world. It is important that students know that information really before high school, but as soon as they possibly can, if not not sooner than like you know elementary, middle, whatever. So I'm glad you're doing that. What you did you? I don't think you mentioned this, but what's the name of your organization? SCD enrichment program. Yes. Um, and so the SCD, uh, is scholars cultivating dignity. Um, that's what it stands for. Yeah. And you know, dignity means a lot 
you have to have self-efficacy to have dignity. You have to have confidence in, in yourself in order to succeed. You have to truly know where you come from and in order to know where you're going. So um, really I, I did this and I, I referred, let me go back to when I was talking about like colorism in Denver. I didn't feel like I was black enough. I was yes. raised by my black mother. I have my two brothers who are black men. Yes. At the end of the day, I didn't feel black enough because I didn't have the complexion to match the culture that I was raised with. And that didn't make any sense to me. And so I also had a, a, a like major emphasis to put ethnic history in there so that we can know our, if I am a true believer in this, know where you come from and then you can undo all the, you know, colonialism and all those um, things that have taken us away from our true beauty mm -hmm. yes. um, to truly know like who we are. And also the other thing is that black doesn't equal education for some re weird reason in, in our culture. But yes. we are the, <laughs> but we that. are- What do you mean? Okay, so um, like when I was in my advanced courses, when my brothers were in our advanced courses, uh, you know, we would always get from our black peers, like, why are you in the white classes? Yep, or, yep. Up, oh, you, uh, you, you sold out. Now you're a white person because you're in those like smart classes. Yep. Um, and so I was like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Like all people are smart and all people are dumb, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. yep. And yep. you are one of them <laughs> dumb ones, <laughs> if you think <laughs> that. <laughs> and and so, um, and it's because we don't know our history because right. our, our right. culture and everything was ripped away from us. And so it's really my way to impact us on those like intercultural levels yes. uh, with our students. like. Uh, black equals intelligence, just so you know. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And it, it always has. And that's why they came to our 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 land. That's right. And was and was biting off of us. <laughs> that's right. Hey, we, we wouldn't have invented mostly everything in this country that exists as it does today. Mm -hmm. Right? Because they weren't teaching us anything. We just had to figure it out mm -hmm. out of yeah. our own ingenuity. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, so I love that. Yep. I love that. I love that. <laughs> so, Shalila, how if people want to um, support you, get involved, uh, use your nonprofit, set up programs, because we know we got some administrators out there looking. And what I just would say as a teacher in Denver Public Schools, they're working on this Black Excellence Plan. And I could go mm -hmm. into how that's going. Mm -hmm. But but you seem like yeah. the type of person they should have reached out to to help come yeah. up with something a little more solid. So I don't know if there's any of these building leaders who are looking for somebody. Tell us how, tell the people how they can get in touch with you and get some real understanding. Cause what you were describing was black excellence. It was all those pieces yeah. that, you know, like, I'm like, yeah, y'all don't have to explain this to me. I know what black, like I'm, I was yeah. raised by Eula and Janet Adams. So I know what black excellence is. Mm -hmm. and I have yeah, choice. exactly. Um, and yet, and still we, we rise, right? We yep. rise beyond anybody's expectations and we are, yeah, we're just great. Uh, we are black excellence. Uh, so you could get involved by going to my website, www.sedenrichment.org. Um, we're on Twitter. We are on 
um, Facebook. We're on Instagram and our handles on um, Instagram and Facebook are uh, at SVD Enrichment. So please S-C-D. look us up. SCD, SCD, got it. Enrichment. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. Well, well, we hope that that you are very busy because I think there's a need for this. This is what mm-hmm. we're talking about. And and it's amazing. We had teacher at the Denver Public Schools who came up with all this, right? And if they had just let you right. follow your dreams mm-hmm. and, 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 and gotten more of the kind of things that prevent us from really engaging our kids in a way that we know is meaningful and best, you know, I, so I'm, I'm fully supporting it. I'm, I'm fully, I'm going to be advocating it um, to the best of my ability as a part of our school's leadership, instructional leadership team. So, well, thank you, Kevin. I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, we're only three years in existence. So, uh, but we are making leeway. We had um, some really great partners pre COVID and we have some really cool, amazing partners now uh, during COVID. And we're definitely looking to expand to like Aurora public schools, uh, more schools in Denver public schools, and honestly out of the state as well with my other connections. And so, um, yeah, please uh, hit us up if you are interested in getting our kids back to their roots so they can realize that we are Black excellence and that Black does equal intelligence. That's right. That's right. Brilliance. Yes. <laughs> All right. So that, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. And that ends our episode number four. Four already, Kevin. Can you believe it? Or we move them. We, we, we move in, and, and it's great. And I, I just, I'm so, like I said, inspired by mm-hmm. all of these stories. You know, I, I don't know. And maybe some people might say, oh, wait, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm inspired to quit. You know, I, I, maybe, maybe, <laughs> real talk. Maybe. <laughs> There's more out there for us. There, there is more. more. That, and I think it's important more. to know, you know, that we can do, we have these ideas. And, and I I question whether, you know, as we, to kind of circle back, that as black teachers, we go into this with a social justice lens most of the time, I would argue, you know? Yeah. And and I think the more and more experiences we hear is a lot of times is, is we aren't able to implement that social justice lens in a way that we we feel is authentic or what our kids need mm-hmm. for a variety of the challenges that you outlined today. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can impact in schools and out. Yep, that's right. But- you know, I'm impacted now. So, <laughs> amen. Well, all right. We'll see you all later. Thank you all for listening. Have a great rest of your week. And remember, there's more in this life than being in the classroom. There's plenty of opportunities. Stay open. See you all later. Bye. I like to think like this. I like to think like this. I like to think like this.